are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, September 27th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all for free, and if you follow right now, you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good afternoon everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. We got Lots of stuff to get into on the show here today. It was a pretty busy afternoon for the Blackhawks, as uh, or a pretty busy weekend for the Blackhawks, I should say. Pretty busy last couple of days as uh, they held practice as well as a, a team scrimmage over the weekend on Saturday. And then following the off day yesterday on Sunday, per usual, right back to business at 10 a.m. this morning at Fifth Third Arena for day four of training camp. But before we get into what went down today, on day four and all that good stuff. I wanted to be sure to mention quickly a couple of things that occurred from the Blackhawks practice in scrimmage on Saturday. First, in practice with Colin Delia still being out with an undisclosed injury, which uh, occurred during team sprints at the end of the session on Friday. So Delia was still out and uh, as well as Kevin Lankinen and Mike Hardman both being on the COVID-19 list, uh, the COVID-19 protocol list. So with two goaltenders out for the Blackhawks on Saturday, this time it was Malcolm Subban's turn to get reps with Marc-Andre Fleury in the NHL group per se. So through legitimately three days of training camp, Marc-Andre Fleury had three different netminders working with him each and every day. First it was Lankinen, and then uh, on Friday... It was Colin Delia before he left early with an injury, and then on Saturday, it was Malcolm Subban. And while Stan Bowman and, and the front office have publicly come out and said that Fleury and Lanks are the clear-cut number one and number two heading into the year, that, that third netminder spot for the Blackhawks right now, I've been talking about it a lot lately, it's going to be one hell of an interesting battle these next couple of weeks, and I really have no idea um, what to expect in that department. I have no clue if it's you know, going to come down to waivers if they're going to try to pass one of those guys through and they get claimed. I don't know if um, that's going to happen or if that's how we're going to lose one of those guys or if there's going to be a trade going on or uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do wind up keeping all four of those guys despite that clearly not being what either Subban or Delia want. Um, But we'll just have to wait and see. Again, though, on Saturday, it was Subban's turn to skate with Group 1 due to the absences of both Colin Delia and Kevin Lankin. And I'll have a little bit more on each of those guys coming up in just a minute. But one other detail I wanted to be sure to bring up from uh, Saturday was that it was the first time in training camp so far that the Hawks saw Group 1 and Group 2 kind of have a, a different look. Not only because of the two goaltenders missing time and Malcolm Subban being in there, 
But also, Coach Jeremy Colleton elected to make some moves for the first time. He moved Dylan Strom, Lucas Reichel, Philip Kurashev, and Nicholas Bodan out of Group 1 in favor of Adam Gaudet, Alex Nylander, Henrik Borgstrom, and Ian Mitchell, who have mostly been uh, all the big-name players that have been skating with group group two through the first few days to open things up. Aside from Gaudette, he was one of those random guys with group three. Uh, and we did hear Jeremy Colleton say he'd been mi- mixing and matching things a little bit more as, uh, as time went on through camp. And finally, we got to see some new faces getting opportunities with that NHL group on Saturday. And with those moves coming, um, you know, based on most of the players that have been bounced around, you got to think that the guys who are being rotated on Saturday are kind of the bubble players at this point in time for the Blackhawks. Because think about it. You got Dylan Strome, Philip Kurashev, Adam Gaudet, Alex Nylander, Lucas Reichel, Henrik Borgstrom. All those guys are fighting for a roster spot in the bottom six right now. And then there's obviously Nicholas Bodan and Ian Mitchell, who are two guys kind of on the outside looking in on the back end for the Blackhawks, are probably going to be starting in Rockford, but they're certainly still fighting for their spots, and if they are impressive enough, it's going to make it a a very tough decision for the Blackhawks coaching staff. But overall, those guys are basically all right there on the cusp, so it does make sense for those guys to be the ones switching back and forth because, as again, those are the players that uh, the Blackhawks are, are going to have to be making the toughest decisions on here in the next couple of weeks. And then moving on to the scrimmage on Saturday, which occurred mostly between um, the Blackhawks' prospects and their younger players, um, there, there wasn't too much to note here in terms of production or anything. It was just a, a quick little team scrimmage. Uh, but one guy I did want to say... Uh, I noticed was a standout once again was defenseman Jakob Galvis. Who, who He might be putting together the best start of any Blackhawks youngster right now, aside from Lucas Reichel. He was tremendous in that prospect showcase against the Minnesota Wild and just has picked up right where he left off there so far in the first couple of days of training camp. Uh, but aside from that, the thing I wanted to mention the most was that two players for the Blackhawks, unfortunately, were forced to leave the scrimmage early because of injury. One was defenseman Alec Regula, who suffered a lower back injury, and the other was 2021 second-round pick Colton Dock, who suffered a right shoulder injury. And you never like to see serious injuries happen at this time of year, happening right out of the gate. But fortunately, it doesn't sound like either Dock or Regula are going to be missing Uh, are in jeopardy of missing any serious time because of what they sustained. And Regula actually was back out there on the ice this morning by himself for a little bit before he headed off once Group 2 hit the ice for practice. So uh, certainly looks encouraging for Regula. Doc, on the other hand, he wasn't out there this morning, still considered day-to-day at this point with, again, a right shoulder injury. And another interesting little bit I wanted to be sure to mention about Colton Doc is that On Friday afternoon, reports came out that Colton actually had requested a trade from the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL, his junior team, which of course is also the same junior team that older brother Kirby played for as well before the Blackhawks took him number three overall in 2019. According to J.D. Burke, he was the one that broke this news on Twitter. J.D. Burke of Elite Prospects, a good follow of someone I definitely recommend uh, following on Twitter. 
According to JD, Doc is just looking for a change of scenery at this point of his career. And I'm not sure what ultimately led to this decision. Um, but just like with his, his shoulder injury, um, Doc's future for his junior career is definitely something that's going to be of much discussion in the next few weeks with the start, with the start of the season looming right around the corner. All right, there are a few updates from the Blackhawks practice in scrimmage on Saturday. Coming up in just a moment, I'll be getting into everything from this morning on day four of Hawks training camp. But first, I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done talking about Alec Regula and Colton Dock suffering injuries in the team scrimmage on Saturday. Moving on now, getting into what happened during day four of Blackhawks training camp this morning. First, as I already mentioned a moment ago, Alec Regula was back on the ice for a little bit, but just wasn't quite ready yet for a full day of practice. And Doc was not out there. He's still day-to-day. But on the flip side, both goaltenders, Kevin Lankinen and Colin Delia, were back out there for the Blackhawks this morning after missing the session on Saturday. And one thing I also wanted to be sure to mention real quick, the Blackhawks have now cut it down to just two practice groups instead of having three through the first three days of training camp, which uh, is going to make for a lot bigger groups now in the next couple of weeks. So, Flurry. Lankinen and Colin Delia were out there with Group A, as Jeremy Colleton called it. And along with those three in Group A, as for the NHLers, we saw, once again, Alex DeBrinkett, Tyler Johnson, and Patrick Kane skate together as the so-called top line. But instead of uh, the second line being Dominic Kubalik, Jonathan Taze, and Brandon Hagel, like we saw through the first three days, this time... It was rookie Lucas Reichel's turn to skate with the big boys on that second line. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The more and more I I watch Lucas Reichel, I mean, the more and more I, I really do believe this kid is going to be a stud for the Blackhawks. The speed, the stick handling, the playmaking ability, the hockey IQ. I mean, it's it's all there. He has all the tools. It's now just a matter of if and when he can put it all together at an NHL caliber. And clearly the Blackhawks are, are pretty impressed with what they've been seeing out of their 2020 first round pick so far by giving him some reps with 
uh, the captain, Jonathan Taze, and Brandon Hagel as well. And then for the first time in camp, we actually got to get a peek at what the Blackhawks special teams units could be looking like at the start of the season. In Group A, the power play unit was, no surprise, Alex DeBrinkett, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. The one surprise here was Tyler Johnson working with the top power play unit. And then defenseman Seth Jones was the man at the point making it all happen. For Group 2, their power play unit was Dominic Kubelik, Henrik Bordstrom, Philip Kurashev, Kirby Doc. And Wyatt Kalanuck was the man at the point for the second unit. But going back to the first unit real quick, um, with Johnson, the one real surprise, I, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but um, I, I guess you could say the the one guy who wasn't solidified in this top power play unit. Uh, I imagine he, he's probably going to be in that bumper role in the middle with Patrick Kane on the right dot as always. Jonathan Taze down low as we've seen him throughout his career when he's healthy. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett, the right-handed shot on the left dot, and now Seth Jones at the point. That There's no real problems with any of that there for me. That's pretty much what we expected, and I think Tyler Johnson kind of does have a good skill set to be in the middle of all that. It'll be interesting to see if, if he sticks in that role, though, throughout these next couple couple weeks of camp. Um, but, but again, um, I didn't really have any problems with seeing that being the top power play unit, but one thing I... Do got to say again, probably for the millionth time I've said it since I've become the host of Locked On Blackhawks, the only problem I have with that first group is is that if things don't go well early, you got to get Dominic Kubelik out there because simply you just, you have to utilize his one-timer this year. Jeremy Colleton, you have to utilize that. It's a weapon and we haven't seen it far enough throughout these past couple of years. I, and I don't care what he thinks of DeBrink and Kane playing catch back and forth from the left and the right dot. I don't care. Let's stop with the cute stuff because plain and simple, there aren't many guys in this league that can fire the puck like Dominic Kubeli can. And I, I do like seeing him on that second unit, but if that group's only getting 20 to 30 seconds together per man advantage like we've seen the past few seasons, then that's... Again, just a complete waste of Dominic Kubelik's abilities. And I've been saying free Kubi on the power play for quite a while now. Use his one-timer because, in my opinion, he, he might be the best pure shooter on this Blackhawks team. And that's saying something when you have Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane on the roster as well. So uh, if, if Group 1 is, is struggling and they're being, you know, too fancy as we've seen them be throughout the past... Um, then you got to get Dominic Kubelik, just a, a pure shooter out there on the ice at the right circle. I don't care what moves you got to do. Um, but for group two, I definitely did like to see all those, all those young guys out there. That's kind of the look that the Blackhawks went with their second man, man advantage last season as well. But one thing that was a little curious to me is that Dylan Strom isn't getting a look on either unit at the moment. And, you know, I, I think... Ultimately, you could probably swap him out there for Henrik Borgstrom because I, I just don't have any idea where Henrik is going to start this season. Um, but with this being such a crucial year for Dylan Strom in his future, and it also happens to be a contract year for him as well, I just imagine that he, he's aware of this situation. He knows what's going on. He knows that he's kind of been bumped out of the center position 
it's not the same feel as when he first arrived here from the Coyotes a couple of years ago. There's there's some pressure on him, and I, I imagine that he's going to be just a little bit more desperate to produce offensively than he, than we've seen from him in the past. And I feel like the Blackhawks might want to try and take advantage of that because, again, with a, just a, a group of such youngsters on that second man advantage, and who knows if that's even going to be what they roll out there come uh, the time for the regular season opener. But I just think Dylan Strom is uh, a guy that has the skill set to be on the second power play for this Blackhawks team. I know it hasn't uh, been pretty for him the last couple of years, but he, he still deserves to, to get those looks. And he's still a, a youngster. Like he's not in, even though it's been a rough past couple of years, it's not like he's a veteran who doesn't have a ceiling anymore. Like it's just about finding it and putting him in the right spots. And I feel like putting Dylan Strom on the second power play, you know, is something we are going to see eventually. But one thing I definitely wanted to, to talk about is that just how much I absolutely love seeing Wyatt Kalanuck being the guy to run the point on the second power play unit. I'm so excited to see how Wyatt Kalanuck is going to fare this year because we saw we saw flashes last year and and it wasn't just a couple. I mean, it was like for ten or twelve games there, he he might have been the Blackhawks' most noticeable defenseman despite being a rookie and. Uh, the offensive skill set and the mindset that he has from the blue line, the mindset might be my favorite part about Kalanick's offensive game because so far in his short time with the NHL, I've just seen his ability to read a play so well in the offensive zone. Like he knows exactly when to jump up and, and make something happen. He knows when there's open ice in front of him and he has to take it. So to me, just a quick kudos to Jeremy Calliton for getting Kalanuck these looks with the second-man advantage unit right out of the gate here in Blackhawks training camp. All right, I think that takes care of everything of note from day four of Blackhawks training camp this morning. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has... A ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, and now they also have a couple of new flavors like strawberry and grasshopper cookie. They also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L and LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just finished up sharing all of the news out of day four of Blackhawks training camp. Now, before I wrap up the show this afternoon, I still need to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here 
on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. The first question I wanted to answer on the show today comes from at Raphael underscore Manasis on Twitter. Raphael, thank you for your patience. I know you asked this question last Monday, and uh, I'm just getting to it now. But Raphael asked, I don't see many people talking about how useful Adam Gaudet can be for this roster. Do you agree? Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, I get it, though. You know, I get there's not a lot of hype around him right now because there's just such a big logjam in the bottom six for the Blackhawks at the moment that kind of everyone is getting talked about a little bit in that area, and most certainly Lucas Reichel is because he he was a first-round pick of this team a couple of years ago. Uh, But yeah, when I talked with, actually, Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times last week, he specifically mentioned Adam Gaudet as his potential breakout player here for the Blackhawks and someone he's super excited to see in training camp because... This time around, it's kind of like a second rookie season now for Gaudet because um, he he finally got out of Vancouver. It wasn't a good situation that he was in there. Uh, And he's also finally figured out some digestion issues that he's always been dealing with. He's always been underweight throughout his whole career, and it's, it's really been hard for him to be strong enough on his skates at the NHL, but now he's gotten that figured out. He's thrown on some more muscle, and he's looking to make a huge impact for this Blackhawks team and kind of getting a second wind, if you will, on his career. And yeah, Raphael, I mean, if if things do go well for Gaudet and Camp, I know there are a lot of guys fighting for just a few available spots, but I believe that out of those guys fighting for those spots, Gaudet probably has the highest upside of all of them, aside from guys like Lucas Reichel or Henrik Borgstrom, of course. Um, And in those few games with the Hawks last year, I thought Gaudet looked fantastic, especially for the limited ice time that he was getting. I mean, it's not like the Blackhawks were giving him uh, big chances and he was playing with Patrick Kane or anything. No, this guy was playing in the bottom six, not having the most skillful line mates, to put it nicely, and he was still finding a way to put up points and nearly was a a point-per-game guy for the Blackhawks in, uh, yes, I know, six or seven games, but um, because he looked so good, I was really hoping that they were going to find a way to keep him around, and they did just that this offseason. They brought him back for uh, another year, and we're going to have to see what happens here throughout the rest of camp, Raphael. I I know Gaudet is in the midst of a battle, but at the end of the day, deep down, I just do ultimately think that the Hawks find a way to get him in their lineup most nights because of that high ceiling and also his versatility throughout the lineup. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from Jamie Davidson, who's a longtime listener to the show now. As always, Jamie, thank you very much for all your support. Jamie asked me this morning, who was on the Hawks' opening night roster and why? Dylan Strom, Henrik Borgstrom, Adam Gaudet, the guy I just talked about, or Alex Nylander. All right. Uh, Out of those four players, Jamie, I got to say personally that I believe Dylan Strom and Adam Gaudet are the two most likely to be in the Hawks' opening night lineup. And I know we have a long way to go here in camp, and this is kind of just a stab at it right now. Uh, And I was just talking about all the battles that are going on right now in the bottom six. There's not a lot of room there at all. But for Strom... In particular, we'll start with him. I mean, he's just 
not only is he still young in his career, he's still only 24, he's a very well-liked guy in the locker room, and while it hasn't been a very productive last two seasons here in Chicago, I still don't think he's been bad enough to night to not get a lineup spot in in game one for the Hawks, you know, and thinking about things from a different perspective a little bit, it's not like the Blackhawks are like purposely holding him back. They do want him to succeed, especially considering that they traded, they swapped a former first round pick of their own and, and Nick Schmaltz for him a couple years back. Uh, they're going to give Dylan Strome his chances. They want him to su- succeed. This may be the final time they do give him those chances, but with this being a contract year um, and a, a very important season for Strom and his future overall, whether or not it even is in Chicago, it's just an important season for him as an NHLer. To me, I still think he's probably in a third-line role for the Blackhawks on opening night. I just I know there's a lot of guys fighting for those spots, but Dylan Stroma, I think, has to be in there, at least for game one. Don't scratch, if you scratch Dylan Strome night one, that's just a really bad message. I think you send him right out of the gate, and I just don't think that's the mindset you want a young kid like him having heading into the year. And then, like I just said for Goddat, uh, I kind of already touched on it a little bit, but I'll get into it a little more. Um, we saw it in a short amount of time at the end of last season. He can be a solid bottom six player that can also provide offensively, and with everything now figured out in terms of his body and his health and diet, he should only be getting stronger and sturdier on his skates finally. So, um, again, I lean towards Gaudette probably being in there for the Blackhawks as well on opening night against the Avalanche. As for Borgstrom and Nylander, though, uh, first I guess I'll start with Borgstrom. He's just in such a tough spot. I mean, if he if he tears it up throughout the rest of camp, the Blackhawks, they, they're not going to be afraid to put him in the NHL for the for the first game. I don't think that's a worry of theirs. Um but but what I'm just considering right now is uh again in terms of just available spots, there really aren't that many and in terms of the youngsters, Lucas Reichel is is probably ahead of him on the depth chart at the moment. And it's just hard to see how both Reichel and Borgstrom are going to be in the in that lineup on opening night, you know. And with a young guy like Borgstrom and also Reichel's in this same boat as well, you know, the Hawks definitely would rather have, have him playing night in and night out in Rockford instead of being a healthy scratch extra forward at the NHL level for the Blackhawks to start the year. That just doesn't really make sense. So, excuse me. Um... For Borgstrom, yeah, it's it's a it's a question mark, but I I do at the moment lean more towards that he's probably going to start in Rockford just from a position standpoint, and also just getting him reps and ready to go back on North American ice. And then for Nylander, I'm just a little bit worried about his conditioning right now. I saw, oh, who was it? Might have been Mark Lazarus. I don't know. I saw someone tweet out that. On Friday, when the Blackhawks were running uh, sprints, that Nylander's conditioning was just not even close to being up there with the NHL guys at this point. And I don't let that be discouraging. I mean, that shouldn't come as a surprise considering he's just coming off of a major knee injury. Um, but because of that, because he's not quite up to speed yet, and also, again, the depth, I do ultimately think that the AHL, um, I think it could be a spot for Nylander to get things going again a little bit, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to go back there after multiple trips to the A with Rochester during his time with the Sabres organization, but 
If he keeps a clear mind, I really don't think that would be the worst thing in the world for him at this point, considering, again, he's still trying to get back up to the NHL speed, let alone being productive out there and, and trying to make things happen and be an effective player at that level like we want Nylander to be. Um, it just seems like that's a lot to ask out of him in the first couple of weeks of the year, knowing what we do now about his conditioning. So, Jamie, if I had to guess out of those four players, I'd probably have to say, again, Adam Gaudet and Dylan Strom are the ones to crack the opening opening night lineup while Alex Nylander and Henrik Borgstrom likely begin down with the Rockford Icehogs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, September 27th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. And be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.